Welcome back everyone to the Unscholar's Health Podcast. And joining me today is naturopathic doctor, Hilary Lajoie. Thanks Hi. for coming. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'm very excited to have you on because you're our first naturopathic doctor on the show. And a lot of our guests have been asking to hear on some concepts on digestive health. But before we go into that, I think it's important for everyone to note uh, Dr. Lejoie, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, correct. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, not only are you a naturopath, but you actually have a background in sports nutrition. You're also uh, a registered kinesiologist. Mm-hmm. Where did you study kinesiology? Uh, so I did my kinesiology degree at Western mm-hmm. University, um, and that's kind of the route of what drove me to naturopathic medicine. Um, I knew I wanted to work with the body, help people, and I like some of that hands-on manual stuff. So I went into kinesiology, and then after my undergraduate degree was done there, I was kind of trying to figure out what's next, uh, where to go from there. And a lot of people who are in kinesiology do choose physiotherapy or chiropractic or things like that, but I wasn't sure if that was for me, so I kind of delved into uh, other options for me. Um, and then naturopathic medicine, I'd honestly never heard of it. Um, and it's way more popular now than it was when I was coming out of school. So um, that's great because the profession is growing, but um, I actually got into it because of my sister and she uh, had some health issues going on with digestion, which is kind of uh, ironic that we're gonna talk about digestion today and some headaches. And, and she was kind of at a crossroads with our family doctor in terms of what her options were as she was having a bunch of digestive issues and chronic headaches over time. So she was looking at some alternative routes as she didn't really want to go on medication and that seemed to be the only option for her at that time. So she started seeing an naturopathic doctor and that's how I even found out about it. And um, so with that, I learned more about it and thought that's kind of the route I want to go in. And it was kind of the best of both worlds with getting to see patients, seeing people and it has a variety of modalities that you do. I, I grew quite a respect for naturopathic doctors because for most of my undergrad and before that I worked in health food retail. Okay. I actually worked for some very large health food chain stores, uh, which I won't mention. So I had the pleasure of meeting many naturopaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, I too have a background in kinesiology and I was stuck between kind of the more common options you hear about. You listed them, so mm-hmm. I won't. But for similar reasons, I fell into the profession that I do in the clinic that I run. What I want to note that some people don't realize, you use the word alternative, right? And I say this many times on the podcast, but alternative health doesn't mean outside of evidence-based practice. Um, I, I tried to advocate holistic health just means you're looking at everything. Yep. Because some people contribute holistic with alternative and then alternative with something that's wishy-washy. And I believe you said, uh, what, what school did you study naturopathic medicine? Um, at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. Which I think is very evidence-based. It is. So it I'm, really, I, really. I am glad that you clarified that. I would say people, to your point, think naturopathic medicine is alternative medicine, but it doesn't necessarily mean with conventional medicine it's one or the other. It's mm-hmm. more a combination of both, and you need a variety of practitioners on your health team. So there's a place for a variety of people for different reasons, and everyone kind of has their own let's say buckets or groups of what they're good at. And so building out that health team, I always encourage my patients to do that. It it brings to the concept of complementary health as well. Exactly. So, you know, um, I think I said it literally in the last episode, the more lenses on the patient can be beneficial. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to take charge of the patient's care if they're choosing you, but Mm -hmm. it's not bad to have. And I believe you work in a complementary health team or you work in a multidisciplinary clinic. 
as well. Yes, so was, yeah. the clinic I work at has another ND, has a chiropractor, an osteopath, and a registered massage therapist. They have some coverage there, the patient needs, right? <laughs> yeah, so it, it actually, just to your point, like we have patients at our clinic and they do see, let's say one patient does see all of us for different things and that's how they kind of build out their health team that way and, and certain concerns maybe are managed better with certain practitioners, so right. yeah. You know, and I think that's important to say for the patient's perspective, sometimes you just need to find a person you are comfortable with. Right, yeah. Um, so you got into naturopathic medicine because of your sister. Yes. So I guess in, in, in summary, you, you saw some value in the care she was getting, I assume she then found a naturopath. Yeah, she found a naturopath that she really liked and I was in that stage where I said where I was between finishing my undergrad and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next and the school that I went to, the Canadian College of Medicine, is in Toronto and so I thought this kind of lines up with what I want to do so I started there and and here I am. Great. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've been practicing for a year now? Yes. I believe yeah. in Burlington. In Burlington, yes. Okay. Alright, so now Onto the topic at hand, I'm gonna do my best to compliment you. Like I said, it's, it's we're gonna talk about digestion or digestive disturbances. Yeah. So I think one of the questions we received from um, uh, listeners is very simple because, and I've discussed this before, you know, patients or listeners have their symptoms. Mm -hmm. They're their best symptomologists. Mm -hmm. Our job is to look for signs mm -hmm. that correspond. So what are some, I'm gonna ask you first, what are some common symptoms that a, a, a listener can think, okay, this might be through digestion that they're unaware of? You and I listed some before we started recording. Mm -hmm. And then my second question I'll remind you are, what are some signs you look for when helping a patient with their digestion? Sure. So um, common ones that most people, I feel like if they're Googling signs, symptoms, things that would come up with is probably constipation or diarrhea, uh, gas, bloating, and that indigestive kind of stomach pain. Mm. Things like that are very common symptoms um, related to digestive health as well as any belching, acid reflux, um, anything like that. Um, but there's a lot of extra intestinal symptoms like outside the gut itself. I tend to look at when patients are coming to me and as in Xbox Medicine, we do look at the whole body and the whole person, like you mentioned with holistic health. So we do a full, um, on your intake, like your initial appointment, we'll do a full look at all the systems in the body as everything's connected. So why wouldn't we treat it that way as well when our body functions? So other symptoms I look for when I'm discussing patient's health concerns are things like fatigue, um, any hair loss, brittle nails, um, any changes to their skin, um, joint pain, exhaustion, low energy, things like that, as that kind of leads me to also look at the gut. As there's a lot of issues, let's say if they're not absorbing things properly, maybe it's related to a nutrient or vitamin deficiency, which we may see um, as a result of, let's say, the hair falling out or brittle nails, for example. Maybe they aren't absorbing nutrients that way. Or sometimes, again, that may also be where the fatigue component comes in a little bit as well with the absorption. And then things like brain fog or con poor concentration would be another one that I sometimes look at and uh, joint pain and that could be related to some sort of gut inflammation. So those kind of things I always kind of look in the gut and we start there and and as it is a big system in our body too. Do you have like um, a regular type of protocol you follow or it's just very customized? Surely it's customized to each patient but what are some general tips you give 
to someone if they're just starting on working through their digestion and you don't have, let's say, a specific diagnosis? To sure, try? yeah. So like you said, each patient is different and they come with a variety of concerns, so it's very individualized. So there's not really one set thing I do uh, with each person, seeing as there's different contributing factors too, which may be causing their digestive issues. Um, I'm just going to touch on that. Could be things like food triggers or food sensitivities that maybe they know or don't know about. They're wondering why they have these symptoms. Um, but there's also outer, like outside more contributing factors such as work stress or financial stress or that stress. And there's a connection between, there's that big mind gut connection as well. That stress is a big contributor to your digestive system as well. So I do take in all of that information with, with my patients as well. Um, kind of look at the whole picture, but, um, Usually with digestive treatment, it's a lot of lifestyle changes. So a lot of, um, we look at the diet, we look at the stress, for example, exercise, a lot of things that we can do. Um, Hydration is also a big one that we can kind of get people back on track and, and addressing those symptoms and getting them feeling better. I like that you mentioned that because sometimes, you know, even just through my own health history or red flags that I go through with a patient, yeah. they'll mention something about digestion and then they like to Google uh, anatomy to the digestion. Mm-hmm. So I've had discussions even on this podcast before about, for example, um, the cranial nerve, vagus nerve, mm-hmm. how that might play a role in digestion, the enteric nervous system, uh, specifically looking at the mesenteric properties of the body and such. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just thinking almost very local mm-hmm. to what is directly influencing digestion, where there could be other corresponding factors, like you said. Yeah. So it's great that even now just giving health tips, it's, it's some things people should be aware of, you know, staying active hydration and other matters. Um, in that being said, as a naturopath, obviously as I'm a, I'm a manual therapist, mm-hmm. so do you do any type of manual therapy as well to help with digestion or it's mostly through supplementation and uh, naturopathic medication? Um, so the big ones, like you mentioned, are diet lifestyle changes and supplementation, but there is some research to show that um, acupuncture can help with digestion. There's also some kind of tips. Sometimes I give my patients, let's say if they're on the more constipated side, something as simple as like an abdominal massage. So you're, you can kind of massage your abdomen towards the left, the lower left side um, of your abdomen. And then it kind of helps move things with peristalsis and moving that muscle to kind of, let's say if it is constipation, it's a great way um, for people to kind of have some relief that way. And that's something we do in the osteopathic clinic yeah. as well. It's right, like we don't, I try not to treat symptoms specifically. Mm-hmm. We all try to be kind of objective. Yeah. But sometimes um, there are certain old fashioned techniques or methods when we're kind of looking at different layers of the body, how we can correspond the mechanics exactly to what you said, peristalsis, mm-hmm. which are like the wave like contractions for anyone listening. Um, for example, in the intestines, we'll use that as a big example. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain methods we can use on the abdomen and diaphragm to help with that too. I like to do something called inhibition. Okay. So just relaxing the patient. There's like a rocking motion I tend to do to help with that. So it's interesting for me then also in naturopathic medicine, you know, these are some approaches you use too mm-hmm. to help in this case. Mm-hmm. When we were talking before the recording, you mentioned the microbiome. Not to jump straight to the microbiome, but I think that's just it's something I've come across too, and I would love to hear more about sure. that if you don't mind sharing for others. Yeah, sure. So microbiome in basic terms is just the microbes or organisms that live in, in your gut, and everyone is very aware that there's good bacteria and bad bacteria in your gut. I feel like people understand that concept where you need a balance of both. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times with 
people kind of paying more attention to gut health these days. I feel like it's a big buzzword in, in the media and things too. But um, that balance is something that you need for our body to function properly, to absorb nutrients and everything, um, as I mentioned before. So when there's that imbalance between that good and bad bacteria, uh, it's something called a dysbiosis. So that's when there's more bad bacteria than good bacteria or that imbalance. Um, we do see it in certain conditions that kind of, that we see other signs and symptoms leading to things. And it's common in, for example, any autoimmune diseases, some cardiovascular conditions, um, obesity, um, just as a few examples. And um, that's where we kind of look into the gut and we want to balance that back out um, with some of those digestive concerns. So, so yeah, so let's say there's more bad bacteria than good. Mm -hmm. You're saying this is a common or a relatively common finding in several conditions, be it cause or effect, you notice. That's kind of where people focus on. So just in terms of rhetoric and terminology, yeah. because it's an interesting concept. I'm thinking of what the listeners are going to remember. Mm -hmm. So because you're saying, okay, we have good and bad bacteria. We need a balance between the two. So you're not saying we need to get rid of it completely. the bacteria. Yeah. It, so, so can you go further into that for uh, listeners? Um, okay, so we want our, let's say in our stomach, we want that sort of acidic environment. Mm. It's kind of what we want that to be. So things like digestive enzymes come into play or when they come from the pan that's the pancreas makes these enzymes. So we need those enzymes to break down food, absorb food, kind of move it through our digestive tract, everything like that. So they help with that kind of microbiome and gut and things like that to make it that acidic environment. So when there's that disbalance between the good and bad bacteria, everything's not really functioning properly is, is kind of what I was getting at with. You you need a balance between both. It's kind of like a balance with work-life balance, everything like that. Well, it kind of goes back to just like homeostatic. Exactly. Balance. Yeah. But it's interesting, right? Because I, I, I know, especially when I, when I think back to health retail, because you meet a lot of interesting people. Mm -hmm. You can't give them the... I'm just, I'm recommending things, right? Back at that point. And it's just, um, but so even then there's a controversy, you have too much good bacteria. So if we lose too much of the bad, maybe bad's not the correct term, I don't know, but yeah. losing some of the acidity is gonna have a, a poor impounding effect as it, well. Yeah, to your point, it's just gonna change the environment. Like yeah. the environment that we want, we want the gut to be in, that more acidic environment. When there's that outside of that balance homeostasis, what you were saying, um, that's what makes see some issues. It makes me laugh because I'll just share with you anecdotally. My family moved here from Eastern Europe and they used to bring with them tons and tons of over-the-counter antibiotics. They just throw antibiotics at you for everything. Mm -hmm. And this leads into my next question because now you're saying we need a balance of both. So are there digestive disturbances sometimes caused from either misuse of antibiotics or an overuse of certain uh, methods like this to treat? So yeah, so antibiotics is a great example and obviously very common for everyone who's listening, probably been on some sort of antibiotic uh, in their life. And we can see with antibiotics, they do disrupt that environment. Um, that's what I was saying. So a lot of times what I like to do with my patients, if I know that they were on some sort of antibiotic treatment plan or treating some other infection that they may have had or any reason they're using antibiotic, I do like to support that sometimes using a probiotic because that helps build back up that um, healthy gut environment of what, what we're looking for. For the probiotic. Because mm -hmm. I've, I've heard some controversy. Usually you would offer it post 
antibiotics or is it safe to deliver? Because I know some people have a fear that if they take it at the same time, it's going to conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends on what we're trying to achieve, what goal we're trying to achieve with the patient. Um, like you said, there is some people like to do it at the same time, some people like to do it after. I think it really depends on the specific uh, situation room with the patient. That's right. So, but like, so I guess my follow-up question is, in this, let's say there's a specific case where the patient is on antibiotics and now they're being prescribed probiotics, would you have to use a larger variety of strains in the probiotic or a higher dose at all? Or just, again, it's, I know it's all variable and relative, <laughs> so I do apologize. <laughs> yeah, um, personally, I like to use um, antibiotic, or a probiotic, my apologies, that has a bigger strain, like a bigger, let's say 50 billion or 11 million, whatever, yeah. after the antibiotic, just because it helps repopulate um, the gut that way. But as, as you said, it's, it's hard to tell because it depends on the situation. And, and, and that, that's why I'm laughing as I ask it, yeah. because these are questions I get, and the answer is, well, it depends, depends. it's relative. And it depends how long you've been on the antibiotic and what it was for and type, you know, there's a lot of variables. Can you go into a little more detail? Um, because we, we speak a lot of manual therapy on this podcast. How, how, if you can, if you want to, more specifically, the joint pain through digestion can sure. occur. How, how that can occur? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, um, a lot of people or patients that I see um, in my practice, they have a lot of joint pain, but it's not necessarily related to an injury, let's say, for example. So, they come and say, like, oh, my hips, my knees hurt. Um, and when we kind of do their whole symptom picture, look at the whole body, it kind of points to the gut, and we see a lot of inflammation in the gut. So that can be a result of either, as I mentioned, food sensitivity, maybe something with the, with the microbiome, gut dysbiosis, um, something like that. So uh, in terms of, I guess, where, like, are you asking in terms of how I would treat a, man, a manual therapy, like with inflammation? No, not necessarily. Oh, just, okay. just a connection for the listener between maybe a digestive disturbance but it's presenting itself as okay. So because I and I think I've uh, iterated this before. But sometimes I try to tell patients myself like pain can usually be the body's last way of advocating that there's something wrong. Okay. It's not usually the cause; it's the mm -hmm. effect or effect. So in this case, it's just how how can yeah. What what are, so let's, let me rephrase the question. Okay. What are common digestive findings you may find, and you can explain how you treat them too. When specifically the pain the patient comes to you with joint pain. You know, how do you have that conversation? You tell the patient, hey, you have joint pain, but it's actually a gut issue. Oh, okay. Um, well, I guess when we look at the gut, one of the big things is some people are sensitive. A big thing for me is foods that they don't know they're sensitive to or triggers mm. that way. So we would then have that conversation that maybe kind of, I do start all my patients with a diet diary too, documenting what they eat during the day. And two, let's say they have knee pain related to something that's, something in their gut. Right. What I'll do is I'll get them to like record what they've eaten for the week, three days, whatever, and associate that to any symptoms that they've had too. So then I do look at a link between maybe it's related to something that's causing your body when it has that kind of hypersensitivity reaction to anything, um, whether that be food, whether that be a skin reaction, because a lot of skin conditions too show up on our skin because of the gut. So things like eczema, psoriasis, acne are also related in there as well um so I, we and then i kind of look at the patterns between them and say did you notice let's say when you did this or you ate this your body kind of had that immune response or that reaction because it's it's thinking like hey this isn't this is a foreign like something's attacking my body and then it has that inflammatory immune response 
and maybe that's why you're having the knee pain. Great, yeah. No, I like that a lot actually, especially the tracking, <laughs> holding the patient with yeah. the accountable. But um, yeah, that's an interesting comment I have to make to patients. So it sounds like, I think you do a lot of patient education. Yes, yourself. patient education <laughs> is very big. Um, that's something I'm really big on too. And it's one of the principles in naturopathic medicine. There's six sort of main principles and one of them is doctor as teacher. So not only do I want people to understand why they're doing something, why they're taking a certain supplement, why I'm prescribing something, that's a big part of it. Like, I want you to know why, but I also want them to be empowered about their health. Like, I think it's really empowering for you to understand what's going on in your body and kind of become that advocate for yourself in certain situations. So that's a big component of what I like to how I like to practice. It's refreshing to hear because that's actually a principle in osteopathy too, which is patient cool. education. So, yeah. uh, no matter what I do, regardless of the patient symptoms or such, um, something I try to do after assessment and treatment, mm -hmm. I always do this at the same time. I'm not one of those people that do the assessment and then the treatment after. <laughs> But uh, I actually have a computer program I pull up that shows the complete section of anatomy and I'll show them the mechanical correlations and with them we'll try and advocate maybe this is adding to the concern. Mm -hmm. uh, another principle we follow, I think you do as well, it might be termed differently, but the body's a unit. Yeah, just a way of treat the whole person. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you're not made of Lego, though now I think someone just, I think at the University Health Network, someone just had their lungs transplanted. So I always used to tell people you can't replace your parts and yet now people are replacing their parts. Science, right? Yeah. <laughs> Things have to advance at some point. Yeah. Um, so we discussed the microbiome, we discussed some digestive disturbances and common complaints. What's like a just general population? Maybe they're feeling fine, they don't have a symptom. Dr. Hilary Lajoie, what's like a couple tips you can give a person if they just want to pay more attention to their gut health? Sure. Um, I think a big one is hydration. So really easy one that anyone can incorporate today, tomorrow, uh, if you listen to this, is aiming for that two to three liters of water, drinking it a day. An easy tip that I like to do is carry a water bottle around with me. Um, so if you have it sitting beside you, it, it kind of reminds you, hey, you should have a drink of water. Or have a, let's say, a 500 milliliter water bottle and then fill it up three or four times a day. Um, you're more likely to drink it if you have it with you than, than not. And that does help with um, your digestion in terms of like waste and elimination too and it helps with those cellular and uh, metabolic processes mm -hmm. whereas if you're are deep let's say more on the dehydrated uh side of things it kind of slows that process and, and impairs like waste elimination so that one i you know, always tell my patients i'm always asking them to yeah. drink water um another one obviously is exercise and movement that's one of the best ways to kind of get everything moving in the body in terms of digestion and really good for anyone that's maybe more on that constipated side of things and finding it hard to have a bowel movement. Um, something as simple as going for a walk 20 to 30 minutes a day, yeah. getting up from your desk every 10 minutes, moving around. Um, that's a basic tip that I usually tell my patients to. Two easy ones that you can incorporate right away. And I'm a bad example to everyone listening because uh, Dr. Lajoie brought like a water bottle <laughs> and I'm sipping like a venti Americano <laughs> from a coffee chain. And it's like, oh yeah, oh, it's causing a diuretic effect right now. Fantastic. <laughs> um, you brought up constipation, so now I'm going to pick your brain a sure. little more. <clears throat> Let's say someone isn't constipated. They're actually, um, they're having stools and bowel movements quite often. Okay. Okay. What, what's your thought process on that now? So the person's almost too regular. And let's, let's say, I know it's a theoretical case, I apologize. I'm it's putting okay. you on the spot. She's <laughs> smirking at me. But um, let's say this is in common for them, so it's not their normal where they've always been frequent in uh, elimination. 
to kind of sudden change because this is now opposite because I know most people usually suffer with constipation on this roof. Mm -hmm. But for the, I don't know if it's less common, but I'm just gonna say less common individual who's now, they're becoming too frequent. Okay. What would be your concern there then with them? Um, right away off the top of my head, big thing would be some sort of infection. I wanna know more about, because you're, you're basically saying they're more on like the diarrhea side yes. of things. Yeah. There's, there's also something called a Bristol stool chart. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or seen it, but it kind of is a one to seven range of, I always ask the patients, what does your stool look like? I feel like people think it's a weird question, but once I ask it, they go home, they actually men okay. mentally look at it and they'll come back for the next visit and, and tell me, hey, I actually am more aware of this. Kind of goes back to my education and what you should be looking for and what you shouldn't be looking for. Kind of what to watch out for, right? So let's say they're more on, on the that end where it's almost diarrhea. My big thing would be infection mm -hmm. to start. Um, have you traveled anywhere recently? Have you maybe eaten something, let's say food poisoning or like eaten out something you usually don't eat? Was there any like major change that made this happen? Um, let me look there and then, and then with travel and a big common one just off the top of my head is giardia, which is like in water, right? When you go to like unfiltered water in, right. in certain countries and things like that. So that would be kind of one that I would look out for if you told me you travel somewhere or whatever, and then we can, there's testing that, that you can do if it is infectious. Off topic of speaking on water, and I will bring it back to the topic. In Italy, there's a water sommelier. Interesting. Example, so much like wine, yeah. it brings you waters from different parts of the world and you do taste tests. And some are sweeter than others, some are more metallic, some are more viscous. So that was just an interesting, I think I might attempt that one. I was one gonna day. say, I've never heard of this, but sounds but interesting. Yeah, the question is, I don't know if it's filtered or not. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, so so here, so you're kind of, maybe your preset ideas, maybe there's an infection and you're going through their health history. We're kind of ruling out all the red flags, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to jump back to, you mentioned, you know, to your patients, sometimes check your stool. Mm -hmm. um, it's very rare you have such a presented sign of something. Um, I actually had a, a case once at a student clinic that I worked at where a patient came in, they're happy, you know, and we run through questions of red flags, mm -hmm. which I think everyone should do <laughs> for patient yes. safety. Um, and so the person I was with, he was a senior student to me at the time, just asked a simple question, how's your elimination? And the patient didn't understand. He thought he meant how was his digestion, said it's fine. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no, so number one is normal? He goes, yeah, number two is normal? He goes, yeah. And then we thought to ask, okay, have you looked at your number two recently? He goes, yeah, just morning. So you actually have the habit of investigating. And it's like, did it look odd? He goes, no, it was just black. So your eyes, her eyes went wide. <laughs> it's like, okay, um, wait one moment. Then we have to send them out yes. to get checked. So for those listening, yes, a, a very dark stool. And we do mean black, not like a dark brown. And it, it means there's blood in the stool, yes. so that's indicative of something else happening that we can't see mm -hmm. without imaging or further testing. So do you say this for all your patients? Do you teach your patients, hey, maybe take a look, or just the ones you see is relative to? Just in general, I think it's good for patient education. Like I said, it goes back to knowing your body and knowing about your health. And you always need that ba baseline. So if you, let's say, you check your stool and you know what's regular for you, what's normal for you. If you're aware of that, when something does look abnormal or it's, let's say for example, there's blood in the stool, mucus in the stool, undigested food is also a very common one in the stool. You will be aware of that because you know what it looks like without that, right? So it's back to that education empowerment of, you know your own body, you know you know your health and you're able to advocate for that when, when there is a concern. 
gonna bring up a pain point to you. Sure. Because this is a personal case that I'm using. I won't say who the patient is or anything, but it, it came to my attention. Their stool's regularly black. Okay. And when I asked them to investigate, it's because they were on a new iron medication. Mm -hmm. So the doctor cleared it. Now I'm asking you as, a doc as the doctor, I'm not a doctor, I'm just a doctor. But now my concern was, okay, so their stool's very dark because of this iron medication. My concern being the hypochondriac that I am is, mm -hmm. but now because it's dark from the iron medication, we will never know if it can be dark due to any other reason. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts then on altercation of medications due to the fear of red flags or do you have to do other testing then in this case? Again, look, I know now we're talking about stools a lot. I apologize, but it's just, it's such a simple means to kind of monitor your health. And it is um, a big component in digestion. It does tell us a lot of information. So as much as now we're into stool, <laughs> talking about stools, it is a component of digestive digestion it's and really health. The end it's literally, of what happened. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to back to your question, um, like you mentioned, there are certain things, and this is also when people take different supplements or on different medications, um, it can mask other things. So to your point, there may be other tests that need to be done. So in that example, maybe the iron was causing the stool to be dark, but there's other testing avenues that we can look at to like double check or confirm again that everything is okay. So we're not just leaving it as the end all be all with just that, but uh, it just, it's one of the ways, one of our testing, and there's a variety of things we look into. I'm giving Dr. Hillary the thumbs up because she's basically advocating test further or just do more testing. And I want that to be advocated to mm -hmm. for listeners and other practitioners who may be listening. There's nothing wrong with getting a couple more tests done. There is isn't. rule out variables. Yeah, we want to make sure that we've covered all our bases and we don't miss anything. So uh, earlier I asked on like a, a health tip. And uh, actually, you said many, like hydration is a big one for regularity as well as other physiological functions. Actually, the first episode of this podcast, it was done terribly, but I'll share with you. Uh, the episode was called A Secret to Health, and it's me um, alluding to something that will do all these amazing things. Okay. And I purposely scripted it, so it sounded like I was going to sell you some magic item at the end, and then I went on a rant about water. <laughs> the last three seconds. So water does a lot for you. Water does a lot. Exercise does a lot for you. I think the food diary is a great tip. Uh, even for people who don't necessarily need it, it can help. Mm -hmm. I did part of a study when I was in my undergrad where it was more related to cognitive health. Okay. But we wanted people to track their diets and their moods at certain times. And so even there, there was a correlation. I never got to see the follow-up of that study though. But I remember being part of it. It was very interesting. Mm -hmm. What are some general supplements that you think are safe for an individual to take? Just again, focus on gut health. That would be a benefit to them. Sure, and I just wanna to touch on uh, the study you're talking about with mood and gut, mm -hmm. because I mean, research is growing a lot in terms of, we were talking about that mind-gut connection, and there's actually a lot of neurotransmitters in our gut and in the lining of our gut that will affect people's mood. And there's a lot more research on that too, that's linking anxiety and depression with gut health. Yeah. So that mental health component Again, when I was talking about um, kind of signs and symptoms you look out for and where to start and symptoms outside of the gut, that is kind of one of the areas that I also look at too. So there is a connection there as well. Um, in terms of supplements, I can't, obviously it's individualized and treatment based and I can't really give doses and things like that, but a lot of 
supplements that I find hope with digestive concerns. Um, a big one's magnesium. More so for on that constipated side a little bit. It helps with um, kind of flushing things out and making, if you are more constipated, usually your stool's a little bit harder, so it kind of softens the stool a bit and makes you have a regular um, bowel movement. So magnesium citrate specifically, I like to use for people with constipation because that form of magnesium does have that slight, I'll say laxative effect, but yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, not a full laxative, obviously. Yeah, it's not so harsh that- No, no, no. And, yeah. and with that, maybe that magnesium has wonderful benefits. I feel like magnesium is a very popular supplement. Um, it's also very calming, relaxing, and helps with sore muscles and muscle tension as well. So if there is that inflammation joint, muscle yeah. ache kind of picture as well, it kind of doing two things. Am I wrong when it's one of the more common deficiencies people think? It is, about? yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know I take bicyclistinate myself. Yeah, so that one, um, a lot of people, let's say you didn't have that that constipation picture just because we're talking about digestion, but magnesium bisglycinate is huge for people. Mm. A lot of people take it, they find it helps improve their sleep, it's calming, relaxing, usually people take it before bed. Anything outside of magnesium as well? Um, a probiotic? And I'll add a disclaimer, um, this is not a prescription, this is just a this is just a very general recommendation to yes. the audience. Yeah. yeah, so obviously no specific health advice, no doses, anything like that. This is just research and evidence that we've seen these things work with yeah. people. Um, magnesium, depending on the issue, some people may need a digestive enzyme. It just kind of helps them when they are digesting their meals, if they're eating things that are harder to digest for them, depending on what's going on with them. We talked about probiotics, um, we see sometimes with digestion, so those are kind of big ones. Some people, another thing with digestion, maybe you have lower high stomach acid, so we can look at that as well with in terms of breaking down food or not, and some symptoms are that heartburn and kind of that acid reflux. So maybe something like a bitter, um, I may give some of my patients. Um, there's bitter foods that it doesn't necessarily need to be a supplement, but there's bitter foods, a lot of leafy greens, spinach, kale, arugula, that if they are, um, I kind of want to get those digestive juices going to help with digestion. I tell my patients, eat your greens first, because then it's in your body, it's kind of getting things going, and then follow up with that like carb or protein that you're adding in. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm a little biased towards digestive enzymes yeah. in a good way, but just because back in my undergrad, um, there's a, a brand, yeah, I'll just say it's called Enzymatica, but uh, they used to offer trainings to be an enzyme specialist. Okay. It wasn't anything special, but it, it was through that training I realized just how beneficial digestive enzymes appropriately in the diet can help. Um, especially because I think food, like for example, most vegetables, they just have enough enzymes present for that for that mm -hmm. food group or that food item. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know. I've seen progress with individuals who increase their digestive enzyme intake when it comes to topics such as absorption and such. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, um, my only comment on that would be, I don't think everyone needs a digestive enzyme. Right. So okay. definitely talk to your healthcare provider, talk to someone further about what your issues are, because even if you are having just like bloating or cramping or anything, pain or whatever, a digestive enzyme may not be the solution for you, but some people find it helpful. It all depends, it's all relevant, yeah. right? It so. is, it's important for you and I, especially you, to advocate that. Mm -hmm. just, just go talk to a health professional. Go talk because, to someone. You know, um, I don't know if you've been to a health food store recently, but sometimes a person will just walk in and walk out with several, several hundred dollars spent, kind of following a shotgun approach. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I usually tell individuals who make a comment that how much they spend on health food, 
you know, it might be cheaper if you just see a professional first and find out what you may necessarily need, rather than buying everything mm-hmm. and whatever it states on the uh, Well, that's something I like to do with my patients too, as I mentioned before. I want them to understand why, like, why are you taking this? What is it doing for you? So if they are on a bunch of things when they come in, maybe they read something online, saw something, whatever, I get them to actually either bring in their supplements and we go through them and I'm like, this helps you for this. You may not actually need to be taking this. Maybe we can find you a supplement that does a variety of, addresses a variety of things. So you're taking less supplements, you know what I mean too? Because the volume is a lot as well if you're taking a variety of things, so. And if there's an issue with absorption anyways, which I think we're seeing. That's just, uh, so I, so we're, we're recording right now in my main clinic in Oakville, but I work in a clinic in Markham called the Markham Village Naturopathic Center with seven naturopaths. Um, wow. I'm, I'm the only, <laughs> I don't know, I guess uh, something about me, I was the only person allowed in, <laughs> but uh, that's something we're starting to see on my end where, I can't go into too much detail, but we're just trying to see no matter how good of a protocol they're following, some patients are just not absorbing correctly. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they test for that. You, you would know that more. So I just come in to help motivate motion mechanics within the gut, within the body. And we're seeing some positive results. Mm-hmm. Hopefully in the future, someone can pay to have more studies on that. But uh, it kind of goes, I, I, I'm not comparing to manual therapy, but I think that ties into your comment on just physical health, get moving. Mm-hmm. I, I just offer a more passive approach. Like, okay, if you're, really can't get moving laid down, I'll move you for you for the short term. Yeah. So you're just that, uh, some people need that. I find it easy if you schedule into your day, like this hour is when I'm gonna exercise and you're planning your week, planning your meetings and everything between. If it's scheduled, you're more likely to do it. So to your comment, maybe if they're coming for an appointment, it's, they're gonna be doing some movement, but obviously we want them to be doing other movement outside of that. But um, just your comment on absorption, um, that's why you need different people on your health team. People can kind of work together and you have that collaborative care, which I really enjoy, um, especially with the clinic I'm at. There's a lot of different practitioners, as I mentioned. Um, but to your question on how do you tell about the absorption, um, for example, B12 is a, a vitamin that's used for a lot of things, helps with concentration, energy, and let's say mood. So B12 is absorbed in the gut for example. So if you are having an absorption issue, maybe an option would be while we work on that issue, you could be supplementing with B12. And when we check, when the way to check that absorption would be a blood test, you can test your B12 levels in the blood. And if it is low and you've been supplementing and it's not, the levels are not raising, then that's how we can tell if it's an absorption issue. So then there is other options. Um, some, so I'm an astropath in Ontario. So we have some, we have a prescribing exam so you can get further education and um, kind of privileges to do different things. So for example, if I have a patient with B12, I can do a B12 injection. So it won't be absorbed to the gut, but we do the injection, the intramuscular injection, and then it's absorbed that way and it's right into the bloodstream. So there's other options to kind of meet those requirements while we work on the absorption issue. No, that's great. That's just, I think that's, you know, an advancement as well. Yeah. But in this particular case, a person needs B12, but maybe the gut's just not the right approach. There are other means to make sure they're getting that. Dr. Hilary LaJoy, do you have any other little tips or concluding comments or things you want to mention to the audience about digestive health? Uh, last little tips. Uh, the last tip I will give is, let's say a big one just for consistency is try to get those three meals in a day. Um, that just helps eating consistently at the same time. Those regular meals, I know things are busy and 
people kind of skip meals or or are busy at work and miss lunch or dinner or whatever but that's a big one too to just regulate your digestion and, and kind of keep it on track i think consistency is a good comment you can make to anyone yes <laughs> um, especially nowadays because people are like i have patients every week i see them or whenever i do see them they're trying something new each week mm -hmm. to find what works but i feel like the issue at hand is just not being consistent that's a that's a big thing um, in my practice that I like to kind of preach on to is consistency. People, especially with the new year, just we're one month into into 2022 and everyone always has those big health goals, big health resolutions at the beginning of the year. But I kind of tell my patients, aim for those like bite-sized goals. So start something, let's say you want to exercise more. Start that, have a one to two week goal, say it's 20 minutes walking outside. Hit that goal first, be consistent. That's better than trying to do this hour of exercise once every three weeks. A consistency matters in the long term, right? So you can make those small goals and then once you reach them, you can make it a little bit bigger. To comment that as, as an osteopath or an osteopathic male practitioner, I, I should say, I, I try to think of myself as a human mechanic, but if you sit for eight hours a day and then you think you're gonna go hit the gym hard for an hour, usually leads to injury or mm -hmm. other problems. So, Bite-sized goals. Bite-sized goals. That maybe that will wrap it up with that. I think we'll title that. Bite-sized bite goals. Bite-sized goals. Yeah. With that, where can currently uh, listeners reach you? Sure. So I am located at Balance Integrative Health. It's in Burlington. Um, so if you want to book with me, find me. We can continue this conversation. Um, the website is balanceintegrativehealth.ca, and you can find me. And I have a discovery call, so it's a 15-minute free meet and greet. And it's usually virtual with, with COVID and everything right, right now. Um, and we can discuss any of your health concerns, see how naturopathic medicine can help you and, and see how we can work together. A free 15 minutes is worth it, I think, or just to answer and uh, get some addressed questions. So balanceintegrativehealth.com. .ca. .ca, yes, because yes, this is Canada. <laughs> we'll, we'll add that uh, into the future posts. Yep, and um, then I have a link directly to my booking. That's perfect. Well. Yep. Um, we'll also add you to the Unscholared Health website, perfect. just in case people go on there we'll put a direct link as well okay yeah sounds great with that i hope you join us again for some other topics yeah, anytime um thank you everyone for listening thank you once again dr hillary for joining us and until next time everyone stay tuned and talk soon